You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats, episode 116. So 117? 117, I think. I don't know. At least three. Yeah, it's been more than a few. Uh, Hats, Stats, and Stats is a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. We are sponsored by the Mafia Pack for at least one more week. It's Super Bowl week, so go check them out, mafiapack.com. I am joined this week by Big Diesel. I went on my all-star rant last week. Was not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it, it, there's you had every right to go on said rant. Um, the, the All-Star Weekend sucked. It hasn't been good since. I mean, like honestly, you know, people people say that the world didn't didn't end in 2012, but have you felt alive on an All-Star Weekend since 2012? No, not really. Okay, there I rest my case. I mean, it's a it's a great case to be made, and, and the Mayans were right. I would lose all all enjoyment from All-Star Weekend. Yeah, that's I, that, I did see that on the on the wall somewhere <laughs> in the old hieroglyphs. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the All Star Weekend was not good. The one coming up in not this coming weekend, but next weekend's not going to be good either. The NBA sucks. Yeah, the NBA All Star Game's a joke. Yeah, Even, honestly, the the and the dunk contest has been booty ever since Zach Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon put on that unbelievable show. I mean, you can't top that. No, it was an all time. Yeah, no, but you can try. I mean, I guess, but nobody really cares enough to do such a thing. Correct. So, Which is a shame. It really is. It really is. And, like, when, when you see the amount of talent that's out there and the stuff that these guys can do, and then yeah. what they choose to do with said talent is just depressing. Yeah. I right. mean, whatever. That was last episode. This episode, we got some Sabres to talk. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Uh, the big news, Dikas. Seven years, locked him down. Workhorse from Whitehorse. So that puts him, Tage, and Matias Samuelson, who all signed their extensions this year, on seven-year deals through 2030. Um, now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm over the moon about this. This guy is almost a point-per-game player. He just turned 22 today. Happy birthday, D.C. Uh, signed that, that nice contract. And you, uh, for people who don't watch the Sabres, there's still Buffalo people out there who don't, you know, they're they're still working their way back into the good graces of a lot of people. He's he's a just he's a terrific hockey player. Two hundred feet, which is the whole ice. He plays defensively. He's on the kid line, which is fast and fun. Um, he's got a terrific shot that he has started to use more this year. So he's he's up to seventeen goals, I believe, uh, at this point. And combined, our number one, two, our number one and number two centers are making about fourteen and a half million. Right. Um, we can go through numbers. I do have cat friendly up on my phone. Uh, but like if you go around the league and you look at top teams and what they pay for their top two centers, you're going to find some ridiculous numbers that we fall below. Uh, so we got Tage and Cousins for relatively cheap at relatively young. And as long as they don't fall off a cliff, the contract's fine. Like that's I, I've saw I've seen a lot on Twitter, and this is just because he's a young kid too. Sure. But this was also with the Tage thing, and pretty much any time you sign a long contract, I think it was. Oh man, well, like, what if he what if he plateaus? But at this point, plateauing for Cousins is at or slightly below a point a game. So 
okay, am I going to be upset with that, my that second kind of, center hanging that around kind of production, Yeah, that kind of production is, is hard to hard to replace. Right, and last year, you know, coming af- after Tage's 68-point year and he signs that contract, we were like, man, if he could just match that 68 or maybe even get 70, you know, uh, we'd be ecstatic because his contract's going to look like a steal. What does he do? He's already setting new career highs right. at this point. We are in mid-February. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's exciting, and um was talking to a few people the other day. I've been running nonstop, so just been talking to human beings left and right. But uh, Gross. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, for a guy who does this. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just talking to people and like, oh, my God, we, we're locking these young dudes up. We're locking these young dudes up, like, seven-year deals in their young 20s. Like, we're going we're gonna to get these dudes for their prime. And we talk all the time on the show about how 24, 25, 26 is like – that's hitting your prime. Right. So we've locked them up on essentially what the NFL would consider like a rookie deal almost. Like that that where you own their the best years yes. for yeah. For for not a whole lot. Yeah. And there's still a lot of room. Yeah, we have a ton of cap space. We got I thought, even more cap space coming in the offseason. I thought I saw something that adding Cousins new contract gets us to the cap minimum for next year. Correct. It That's does. disgusting. Um, you also have to think Rasmus Dahlin is making six mil till the end of next season, uh, which he's definitely going to get a pay increase. You got Owen Power, uh, Paterka, Quinn, Krebs. Um, they're all on their ELCs, so they're making at most 900 something thousand dollars a year. It's not like the NFL where if you're the first overall pick, you can make whatever million dollars. No, it's the NHL, it's capped. So you could be the best young hockey player. You're only going to make the maximum rookie contract, which is less than a million. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely bailed out there in a sense. Um, but also Kyle Ocposo's contract comes off the books this summer, and that's $6 million that we've been paying since we haven't made the playoffs. Um, it's very Rick DiPietro of us. Yeah, and I said this, I said this to nice. <laughs> took me a second. Not I, quite as long. I but. said this too when, well, now he got that band. It's only eight years because of that. No, that's true. Because he never got to finish it. Then they bought him out and they're paying him through like 2042. Yeah, he's um, the uh, he's the Bob, Bobby Bonilla of the NHL. Yeah. Damn, I thought. No, I said this when Tage signed his contract too, but you take Kyle's six million off the books and you put it towards one of these young guys. And. Again, I think Kyle resigns. I I know he's not going to resign for that amount of money. Right. Um. He also might just hang it up at this point. He is. There's some games where you just go, "Ooh, man, it's <laughs> it's about that time, Kyle." God damn it, Kyle. <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. Yeah. But when, no. So when, when, I, when I get my board figured out, I'll put a "God damn it, Kyle." Yeah. On, right. On here. We need of, that for the Sabers. Because I mean, who who needs like? Oh, that was. Run that I, back. I, I, I had the volume down. <laughs> Nice, smooth. Yeah, you know. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so we – and we also – we got, like, 22 mil in cap space. Yeah. Uh, there, there are – there is room and moves to be made. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple – couple. Uh, I saw a name floated out today that I really liked was Anthony Duclair. Um, I don't even know where he is right now. He might be in Florida. Can you look that up? Uh, I will pull yeah, that up about him. Talk, yeah. I like him because he is uh, – He's like a Victor Olofsson, like an older version, I guess you could say. Um, not necessarily the exact same player, but just a a nose for the net, but he's not going to be a top-line guy. Um, 
But in terms of being able to slot him on a line and get production out of him without him playing giant minutes, he's shown the ability to do that. He's also shown the ability to step in when injuries have happened and actually be able to produce at a pretty good clip. So uh, Anthony Duclair, number 10 for the Florida Panthers. Panthers, gotcha. 27-year-old winger. Yeah, I'm – I, I well, he's been around a bunch of teams lately. Yeah, uh, started with the Rangers, then went to the Coyotes, then the Hawks, then the Blue Jackets, then the Sens, now the last two seasons with Florida. Yep. So kind of a journeyman. Yeah. But a journeyman depth guy. Yeah. Um, a, guy you're, a guy you're not going to break the bank to go get. Right, exactly. And and that's, I mean, the the, the big splash moves that everybody wants to see is the Chicharin, Chicharin, whatever you want to say, the Timo Meyer, which I would love that. Um, but I don't know, man. You're going to have to give up some young assets, and I know that like that seems foolish to complain about considering that we have oodles and oodles of forward prospects right now. We have three first-round picks this year, or three second-round picks this year, sorry. Um, so, you know, we got the capital to move right. for a player like that, and we got the cap space. So if it's the right fit and if it's the right guy, I got no problem with it. But I also don't need to bring in any guy and ruin these vibes because these boys are buzzing. They're grooving. They were down in the Bahamas when D.C. signed his contract, <laughs> made it rain down there. I'll tell you what. I, I, am in, I love seeing stuff like them talking about the energy. And, you know, people talk about, oh, they're, uh, you know, how they, how they perform on the road, especially in big houses, right? Like you, yeah. you go to the barn and you're going to, you're going to Boston, you're going to the gardens. There is, I, ah, man, I wish I had this tweet saved. That would have been a good idea. Um, <laughs> but there was, it was before the, the Carolina game that before the all-star break. Right. So after the, the last Western road trip and it was Sabres in Games with crowds over seventeen thousand. Yep. And Sabres with games under seventeen thousand, and it's just like, oh, so if they play in front of people, they're elite. Yeah, and, and that's it's disgusting. Like, yeah. uh, there was a very specific. I know they were talking about it recently on some of the local sports talk, uh, sports radio shows here around here. Yeah. Just about how you know when like the games that the the crowd is there, they're into it at home. They're elite. Yeah. And that, but like, and like, oh man, you like you you watch them put up a stinker at home in front of a small crowd, and you're like. Uh, why did I get excited about these guys? Then they go to then you know then they go to Madison Square Garden. They go to the TD Gar- uh, Gardens in Boston. They go to some of these big yeah. houses. You know, the, blow it down. Some some of the some of the Went bigger, the, more rocking barns in the, in the country, and they I mean, tear it up. Think about early in this year, uh, we go into Colorado, the reigning Stanley Cup champion, and just beat them. Like, yeah, yeah uh, just just casually. Uh, like, all right, like, like, I, I guess that's what we're doing. Dog. I mean, and and one of the go most, into Edmonton, beat them. One of, and one of the more electric, despite the fact that they're not doing fantastic this year, and you know, hate to see it for you know Jack Eichel being in the news about not not being the guy. Oh no! Oh no! God damn it, Kyle! Oh wait, no, that's somebody else. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Cokehead! <laughs> God damn it, Jack! Um, yeah, just going going into their house. Yeah, I mean that place is rocking every time. I, One because it's Vegas. Two, they put on it's one of the best showmanship. Yeah, arenas in the country. Oh yeah, they 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 make it an entertainment venue. They um, they do. And but I I've been saying this too, and I don't know if I've said it on this podcast because you know I've only been on what two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, coaching and stuff. But we're so good in front of well crowds, but on the road that if we make the playoffs as a low seed, I'm not that worried about it. Like, we could do some damage. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Do I want to end up facing Carolina as the last wild card team in? Um, well, actually, no. The second. First wild card is probably going to get Carolina. Second wild card is probably going to get Boston. That's just the way that it's playing out. 
So would you rather have, you know, Carolina or Boston? I think I'd rather take Boston at this point. Uh, I like our young legs versus their their old and somewhat frail. Uh, they have been hit by the injury bug a lot the past couple of years, which is why they haven't made it across the finish line in terms of getting a cup. Sure. Um, and constantly you'll see them at, at the trade deadline. Oh, here's a, a depth vet rental guy because, you know, in the playoffs injuries happen. You're going to need a fifth center to come in and play. So, you know, they're one of those teams who always loads up, but they never seem to get across the finish line. And I think young a young team like us who plays well on the road – could do damage against them versus Carolina, who is just so good at not giving a shit what you're doing. They're just going to play Carolina Hurricanes hockey, yeah. which is shut you down, stick you to the outside, get the puck, you know, get a nice chance, cycle it. And they're just so good at not giving a shit about what is in front of them and doing it that I don't like that matchup as much. Right, because, you know, our, our youth, our young guys can go. They can fly around the ice. They can essentially wear a team like Boston down. Yeah. Where Carolina's like, we're going to force you into what we do right. and beat you. Like it, Well, also, the thing, um, you know, Boston's defense is good in the defensive zone, but where we get most of our offense, and you watch any Sabres game, you'll immediately notice this, 99% of our opportunities come off the rush. Right. So it's we make a defensive play, break it up, and we get numbers out quick, and we get a shot off of that. Very rarely, except for a couple times, especially when we were playing really well, would we cycle the puck around and get multiple passes in the zone and then work for a, you know like a one-timer to the slot or something off the cycle. Um, most of our chances are rush chances. That fits to beat Boston, which is why we went into Boston and beat Boston. Also, why we're 0-2 against Carolina this year. Right. Because when they make a mistake in the offensive zone, they got at least three guys back and all three of those guys can, you know, just shut down a play quickly and chip it in deep, and then they'll go chase it again and do the whole thing. So they're, they're really good at shutting down quick rush breakouts. Would, would you almost – is this the modern version of the trap? No. Uh, like, not, not the same no. as the like- No, um, it's not because it's, it's – all right, well, let's get into this a little bit. So I've noticed this out of Donnie Granado, and this was a bit of a it was a bit of a tweak to what I know from hockey, but I, I really liked it uh, recently. So what I've noticed is usually you have your two defense back on the blue line, and if the puck comes up one of the walls, your defense would pinch. So he goes down, the other defenseman rolls to the middle so he can get back in case there's a breakout, then you got your guy for the two-on-one. Yeah. So what the Sabres will do instead is instead of pinching with that downside guy, most of the time, he'll back out. And they'll send the guy from the other point across to chase and pin to the wall. Hmm. Yeah. So they, they do a really nice job with that. Henry Yoki Haru and Matias Samuelson, most notably, are the guys who I notice get on the back hip, turn the puck over, flip it up, and all of a sudden we'll have two or three forwards who are just getting outside the blue line. Puck comes right up to them. Now we're like three on mini three on two back into the zone. So that works really well. Carolina, it's not, and this is where it's not really the trap. Um, they just have such good positional defensemen that they do the old school rotate, but it th- that guy will rotate over, and when he pinches, you're not getting out clean. That's a big thing. When you're the defenseman, you have to make the decision to pinch quick. You know, you can't get stuck in no man's land, and you can't just let the puck get past you. Like, if you're going to commit, 
you better you better get a piece of that puck to slow it down and let your boys get back and help you. Right. They're just so good at when they when they pinch and when they don't pinch, they get a piece of the puck or when they back out, now you're just your even numbers back and you don't have any speed coming through the neutral zone, they'll just pin you off to the boards, turn it over, or they'll have a forward who comes back and makes it odd numbers for you in the wrong way. They're just they're just terrific hockey team, man. Uh, and I haven't seen Carolina play. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm tuning into Sabres games when I can here. Yeah, uh, enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm love I love watching them fly around. You know, they're, watch, they're fun to watch. And and I'll get to get to some things that me the you know the, the layman fan will call. Yeah, uh, you know has noticed even in the little the, the little bit that I've been able to tune in a little bit more. But you know, just hearing what you're talking about and and seeing it like in my head yeah. as you're talking about it. Uh, which I'm hoping our listeners can do too, because you're doing a great job. <laughs> like, Trying to, you're painting me a weird picture, Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, this just sounds like a really, really well coached team. Like yeah. dudes that know what their job is at all times and, and that's just do just it, it unequivocally. And, and like I said, uh, Carolina does such a good job. And this is where the Sabers need to get to uh, in terms of mentality of uh, you can do whatever you want over there. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm already in my spot and I know where my boys are. So you can do all your BS. You're eventually going to have to come into my personal space. I'm going to get that puck back. We're out the gate. Right. So uh, tuning into Sabres games recently and just you know getting more hockey in my life as a whole, which is great. Which is I. How do you, pal? Uh, listen, I've I've been a hockey fan for a long time. It's just oh, I haven't man. had a reason to watch. I don't blame you. <laughs> like, I don't blame you. Not everybody's as crazy as as I am. And that is very very true. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the Bills, I, I I suffered enough with them. So as soon as the Sabers went yeah. toward that that seventeen year drought, You're not I was like, alone in that. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Any, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. But uh, you know, just watching, I'm watching a team that I used to watch, and even the games I would tune into, or the one game a year I'd go to, whatever. I'm watching a team. I would watch a team that would come in and try to do too much. Yeah. And at some point, you're like, at some point, you just got to put the puck on the net. Yeah. And just try to create chances that way. And it seemed like last year. We started doing that, and we realized we have some shooters. Yeah. You know, we got some guys that can lace it a little bit. And now this year, teams started playing that, which opened up the, you know, the more tic-tac-toe and everything. Yep. And now the teams realize we can do stuff like that. It opens the shots back up, and it seems like it's just something that we're building momentum on. It is. Offensively. So what you basically just described, and I know I talked about this with you before, but I don't know if it was on the podcast – we're in the same spot the New Jersey Devils were last year with our young talent. They got majority of their chances off the rush. They were in a playoff hunt. Uh, they didn't end up making it, but now this year they've learned how to play in their in the offensive zone and cycle. Um, so that's really like what you were just saying is it's that ebb and flow of other teams are going to start scouting what you do well, and then that's going to open up other things. And then these guys, they're all so young. So a lot of them, this is their first time really thinking this deep into hockey. Now, a couple of these kids have played in professional leagues in Europe. Congratulations. But, I mean, it's not Connor McDavid. It's, it's, it's like Derek the, Roy at the end of his career when the, he's 42. The, the, the pros in Europe are... Besides the KHL. Right. Because they're probably juiced. <laughs> the, the KHL could probably put a team together that could compete in the NHL. Absolutely. But a team. Yeah. Like, that would probably, sh- like, fight to be middle of the pack, maybe. Eh, they'd probably be a good playoff team. 
like, because like you got like honestly, even if you're just taking, you get a couple Pavel Datsuks who went right. over there at the end of his career. Okay, cool. Him and Kovalchuk, we'll just say they can definitely still play. Right. So you put them with a bunch of you know middle. You can definitely get. Yeah, you can make it work. Yeah, but you know we're you're. It's not like you're talking. I'm about just like, saying oh, it, I, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna smoke the bottom teams in the league who right. are in the Bedard hunt right now. Yeah, I we're like what we're talking about is like it's not like soccer where you, you know it's kind of like how right. people look at. You know the like major league soccer in the U.S. and like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, like cool. Yeah, you you, yeah. Pl- you played quote unquote pro soccer. Right. Yeah, I played semi pro football in Lockport once too. Yeah, <laughs> like, awesome, right. cool, man. You know, and, and it, but playing against those like that next level, it's it's just different. It is, but um, the point I was getting to is a lot of the guys. That's this is the first time that they're really diving into the deep theories of game and and how to scout and how to game plan in hockey. Right. Which, I mean, I'll be the first guy to admit, I only know to a high school level. It's not like I went and played in college or anything. Um, but we got we got the youngest team in the NHL, like confirmed yes. since the beginning of the year. Youngest team in the NHL, and they're they're just one step below figuring it out, and you can see it. It's like It's like, oh, it's right there. They just need to kick it into like one little extra gear, and things it, will go really smooth. It almost feels like there's going to be a light bulb moment. Yeah, there's going to be a breakthrough. It, it just clicks, and the whole team just goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, one of the biggest things in the in the in the Sabers run recently of, of playing well has been something we talked about earlier in the year when we started like filtering in some Sabers talk as the season started. Um, have we found attendee? We've found we found attendee. Uh, certainly not going to say we haven't found attendee. I, I'll give this about UPL. Um, he's definitely learning a lot. I've seen a lot of progress from him this year. Uh, specifically, just the influence of Craig Anderson and how to be big. A lot of times, and you see this with other guys who've played in the league too. But you get these six foot three to six foot five goalies, and their natural instinct because it's worked their whole life. Get down on my knees as soon as possible. Fill up as much as the net with my big body. And use my glove hand to be good. Well, in the NHL, you can't go down too early because now you're just leaving the whole top of the net. Connor McDavid, if he just waits you out, he's like, okay, cool. Now I have everything to shoot at. Right. So Craig Anderson also is a friggin' dinosaur, and it's hilarious. He plays when he plays goalie. I go, oh, this dude like learned how to play goalie in the '80s. He plays like that weird, like you're standing on top of your blades. You're not using your edges, but like you stay big and you're at the top of your crease. You cut down angles. Oh my god! So there's a beautiful Felix Potvan comes to mind. Yes, when you say that we're like you're yes. not you're not knock kneed like you're sitting almost in a squat on exactly. your stance. Yeah, yeah. So okay, there. <laughs> I I've as soon seen, as you said it, yes. I like okay. So there's been a beautiful bit that I've seen from UPL this year where he's really getting. He's not gonna have that stance ever right but what he's doing is understanding i need to be patient i need to stay big and by staying big is staying up because these guys can actually freaking wire a lot of times when he was getting ripped apart earlier like really early in the year or the past couple years was again going down or it'll be like the pucks behind the net so he's holding the pipe and he's also got his pads on the ice gets passed out front and now you gotta get back up and get big Right. Well, he would just push off and stay on his knees. You still give it up the top of the net. Little things like him pushing off, but up, 
Now he's standing up and attacking that shooter, cutting down the angle, and he can still go back down. Little things I've noticed uh, the Craig Anderson influence of when the puck gets dumped in around the glass, uh, if it's anything below where you can just chop it down, get a piece of it, and settle it for your defenseman instead of letting it ring all the way around the boards and have a chase for it, He's done a lot of that where you literally as a goal, you just stick your stick behind the net and hope the puck hits it. Right. But it makes all the difference in terms of your defenseman getting a settled puck, his head up, he can see the defense coming at him versus it's going all the way around. You got a 50-50 puck battle. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. I, I've i enjoyed... Sorry. On top of the tendy note, Devin Levi, is our is he he is our future, though. Yeah? He's our future. Yeah? He's legit. Big, big fan? Big fan. Big fan. Um, I, I listen. I like seeing what I'm seeing out of UPL. I like the fact that we have someone in the wings that you know is considered the future, and it's not in my him, opinion. <laughs> uh, in your opinion, but I mean, like that's still promising. Yeah. The fact that anyone is talking about another goalie with how well UPL has been playing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, he he got some time last year. He's technically considered a rookie this year. Yep. So you know, he it's his first full year in the league. And we talk about it, again. We talk about this. This, this is a this is a like a glue subject. Like this is we beat a dead horse. We got a glue factory going on. People need to learn to let people develop. Yeah, it, we we live in such a microwave world right now where people just they need the gratification. You need to be a superstar day one, yeah, or you or suck. It's, it's over. You you need to be Connor McDavid. Yes, and but Nathan McKinnon and Tage Thompson also exist. Yes, and you know UPL. People were, you know, they, they were high on him, scouting reports on him, where he was going to be good. Yeah. And he was, it was rough last year at times, especially at times, like, there were yeah. times you're like, buddy. Yeah. Bar League's calling. And Bar League's calling, but, and, and again, to, to beat the dead horse, just because, you know, like, I have, I have fun with equestrian things. Um, <laughs> just riding a horse. I'll, I'll, I'll raise you Tim Thomas, you know, uh, for the Boston Bruins, who won a Stanley Cup with them, and a couple of Vesnas. First time he got into the league was when he was 29, when he first played his his first NHL game. Right. This guy went on to win a cup. A couple of Vesnas is the best goalie in the league and basically paved the way for Tuka Rask to take over the net and have success with the Bruins. Right. But, like, and it's not like he came out of nowhere. He was drafted. He went through the, the, the minors, well, juniors, then the minors, and then eventually got a shot and made the most of it. You just never know, one, when that shot's going to come because a lot of preconceived things and a lot of draft capital has been spent on guys who are first or second round picks. Well, you need them to to do well. So you're going to give that guy every chance versus a guy who might have been undrafted or a late round pick like Tim Thomas. But, you know, a guy like UPL, second round pick, um, he's, can you look up his age? I think he's 22 or 23. Like, yeah, he's again, definitely young. Again, most goalies don't break into the league until 25, 26. Like, they're, they're, uh, it's arguably. He, he looks like he's 12. Yeah, he's a, he is. He's a child, in a sense. Um, but arguably, that goalies' primes, instead of being 24 to 26, like we were saying earlier, is usually about 26 to 30. It's weird. They just take longer to develop and they have like a longer shelf life. I don't know. You get what I'm saying. I, I do. I do. Uh, trying to pull up the... How old is Oopy? Oopy was born on March 9th, 1999. All right, so 23. Yeah, 23 years old. And again, like so 23-year-old rookie, that last year before his technical official rookie season, like, 
send them back to Europe to train them, cut them. Like, it, you know, it's brutal. And, you know, Buffalo sports fans we know are, you know, can be for as, as Buffalo sports fans were also, I mean, it's very jaded it, well, for a good I, reason. I was going to say we were the Green Bay Packers in a sense because we went Dominic Hasek to Ryan Miller. Right. I mean, you know how many people would like teams and organizations would kill for that. It, yeah, and, so, and it's, it's and, and it wasn't a direct thing. Like Miller was never Hashik's backup. No, no, but, yeah, Marty. But, kinda, but that like four to five year like filler span didn't suck either. Between like Shield, Rollison, right, really uh, the goalie, Marty, B- Buran, Marty Buran, Mika like, Nornan. Yeah, like they all like those four or five. There were four or five dudes in there that yeah. held the fort down and then turned it over to Ryan Miller and went. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it was awesome. And so yeah, we were we were definitely spoiled with that, and then we've we've paid for our sins. Uh, yes, you know, but it's it's one of those things. It's not as critical as a quarterback in football, but you can tell when you have the right tendy and when you don't. And as much as you know, wins aren't a quarterback stat, and wins aren't a goalie stat. They are right. They are yeah. <laughs> like there's there's something to be said. You can look at, at UPL's numbers, and his save percentage is not. It's not elite. It's not great. No. His goals against average, not great. But his win-loss record, pretty solid. His yeah. points percentage, how many times does he get at least one point for the Buffalo Sabres in the standing? Pretty damn good. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah, it's – and we talk about this a lot, too. The whole – you know, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Yeah. And, there, and there is – like, and we saw that with there's the Bills. There's a cutoff. There's, there's a cutoff yeah. to that. You know, the, the how matters at the end. Yeah. You know, but if you're – if you're doing what you need to do and you're, you know, you're you're helping the team move up in the standings, you're helping team get wins. It doesn't matter how, just get it done. Right. Well, and also, you, you know, anybody who's watched a Sabres game, you'll you'll watch. You know, he'll have one or two where you're like, ah, he probably could have had that. But you know, like so the, did Ryan Miller. Exactly. Uh, Ryan like, Miller. His number one thing was he would let in a floater from the point, like once a game. Once a game. Okay. He, he lost a gold medal on that for Thank Christ's you. sake. Thank <laughs> you. Okay. So even even guys like that have it, like, but. See, Ryan Miller lost a gold medal on a shot that Sidney Crosby went. What I scored? Man, yeah, like you know the changeup, the changeup change really like catches most you. effective pitch in baseball. When you've only <laughs> seen fastballs for sixty-eight minutes, and then you get a changeup right down the pipe. I yeah. mean, yeah, sometimes you just freeze up. Absolutely, um, it, it's it's at a bare minimum, regardless of the rest of the year, barring the Titanic. Like, barring just a hole in the hull that sinks everything. I don't everything. know what you're going to say, but this is the best year since the last time we made the playoffs. Correct. Barring the rest, uh, barring anything aside from just epic collapse, Yeah. this year has been a success, and it's going to be an exciting future. Absolutely. And, and, I want, and, playoffs, and, and, and here's, here's the beautiful thing, and it was almost like when the Bills broke their playoff drought, is I really don't have any expectations of them to no. actually make it. Even at this point, it would be really nice. But in terms of being on track... They're at the place they or better than they need to be. Yeah, this, this or better. Is, this is 2017 Bills, yes. where where you're like, oh crap, we snuck in, and then Let's, the next, and might, then, the, then yeah. the next year we may not because we're still on the build, and people, are like, oh my god, it was how did we we made the playoffs last year? We didn't this year. It's failure. No, yeah. it's not. No, but, it's not. But the beautiful thing too is that it's it's. They got the chance to you know make their own story, and like I said, they're so good on the road and in front of crowds. Yeah. I, Road Warriors, baby. Get, get hot, stay hot at the right time, and let's ride. Let's there's, go. There's uh, 
I think it's like once every four years, there's a lower seed that makes a cup run just because they're so good on the road. Yeah. Uh, the Blackhawks did it, their first cup. The Kings did it, two of their cup runs. Definitely their first cup because they were the eighth seed. Uh, I want to say one of their later ones. So it's just like a thing where sometimes there's a team that's so good on the road, they just go and they do damage in the playoffs. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because that's just what they do. That's right. who they are. And most teams aren't good on the road. So that you go even if you go 50-50 at your own home place, you're in a good spot. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really fantastic just in general how – and we apologize. This is the this is the downfall of the recording studio in the garage. Is the fire hall in my backyard that decides to use the archaic 1980 goal horn to let everybody know that you know check your phone to find out that there's an emergency. Like la 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 Fonte. Yeah, no kidding. Where are my sound bites? God, I suck. <laughs> this uh, guy is somebody. Somebody needs to fire a soundboard guy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh. But yeah, it's just it's an exciting future. There's a lot to look forward to for the Sabers, and it's nice to be able to say that comfortably. It's nice that, to be perfectly honest, like, and I, I we can we can move along to the Super Bowl here at some point. But I have not been tempted to talk about the Super Bowl once here because I've just been excited about the Sabers and Cousins. Yeah. And you know, there were some technical difficulties today. There were. We'll we'll, we'll 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 put hand up to the people. You know these things happen. But uh, while that was happening, I I was I was bursting at the seams about. Dylan Cousins, just because you know, I've been thinking about it all week. Like, yeah, I it, it, usually you know, I'm like I'm sending texts out to see who can record when and where. Like you, you reached out to me. You were like, "Hey, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. I'll bring your money for your Super Bowl." Oh, <laughs> oh you're killing me. Oh. You are killing me. Oh. I knew I was forgetting something. Brutal. <laughs> it's all right. I know. I, I know where you live. I'll see you. Yeah, some, I think. I think we're coming over yeah, for a little bit are. on Sunday. You so, are. Uh, anyway, we are going to move on to the Super Bowl. Um, Eagles, Chiefs, and this is this is legitimately as uninspired as I have ever been about a Super Bowl. I was just going to say I'm wildly uninterested, and it's not that the game itself is uninteresting. I think the Bills. I know the Bills have ruined football for me for a little bit. It, they've done it the past couple of years as well with the way they lost. But uh, you, you know, usually like once a month, I'll get a football itch that I got to rip Madden. Um, have not even yeah. Have considered opening it's, that. It, like it's just I just been so depressing. I've been turned off of football by the absolute nothing burger that they laid. Um, I know that obviously the Bills players can't feel great about it either, but I just, ugh, I don't care. Yeah, like I, I watched half of both of the championship games. I didn't like sit down and watch them. I had them on in the background. Exactly, and I, I mean, we finally saw like. One, I, I, how, how, how quick? I mean, they're already talking about the the hip drop tackle for next year. Yeah. How, how? how there, there's no way they're not going to start talking about attacking the throwing arm of a quarterback. So at some point, we're going to hit. We're going to hit the point where you literally can't hit people. I don't know about that. Um, you should absolutely be able to go for the throwing arm of the quarterback because he's got the ball. I agreed. Agreed. The hip drop but, tackle is different because it really, like, I mean, first of all, nobody's, I don't think anybody's intentionally trying to do that. Uh, like, even the Tony Pollard play, he was just hanging on for dear life trying to get him down to the ground. Uh, but it is it is similar to a horse collar tackle, right. in my opinion. No, I, and, I, and I agree with that. Like, if for, for me, it's one of those things where we watch it happen to Josh, and, yeah. you know, one way or another, it affected him. It absolutely affected him. What, what, he even whether, said he had to change his mechanics back to year one. Yeah. So, you know, it affected him. Now, Purdy's having UCL surgery. 
and uh, somehow they're saying he could be good to go for training camp. But who knows? I mean, that type of surgery is so rare for a quarterback that right. you, you don't know how he recovers. You don't did know Big if ben, he comes did back. Did Big Ben ever have – I feel like he, he did. He had something like he that. He did. And uh, his was later in his career. Yeah. And that's when you started to see, Noodle you know, the, the, the velo drop on the throws. Yeah, the, uh, the, the old distance. shot put. Yeah. You know, things that didn't look right coming out of his hand. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one. That's a yeah. big deal. Um, that's a big, strong guy, too. You know, like he <laughs> – Six foot five, two sixty, whatever. He was yeah. fat, fat boy at the end, but I mean, you know, he was a, he was a tank. He could hug the ball back in the day. Absolutely. People people forget that prime Ben Roethlisberger was was not, really like, good. I I just this just a beautiful image popped into my mind because I brought up Ben Roethlisberger. There was a Sunday night football game where he and Andrew Luck. I want to say Big Ben threw for five and Luck threw for four, and it was just one of the best football games. Ah, prime Ben Roethlisberger was fun, man. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, and then Antonio Brown in a row as wide receivers. <laughs> Each one just kind of got crazy and got booted. Yeah. Which, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was spiking the water. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were the test subjects for the stuff he was putting in the Maybe in, they in did stuff say no. Who knows? Yes, maybe they did. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see because you, like, you, you feel like when major injuries happen like that and like the NFL's the only action they have is we're not going to let you do that anymore. Right. So, like, it... it but it should be one, about how one, you get one to mo- that point. One more next year? Like, one more big name next year? I mean... Right. Purdy's not a big name yet, but it, it happened in the championship game. And, and, and Josh Johnson, right? Yeah. Proved that not any quarterback can win in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I wanted to see CMC get a little bit of burn, I think. I thought... I, I was... Especially, I was like, honestly, John, dude, Johnson got banged lose? up. Like, like, put Tebow back there. Let's like run a little, little I mean, read option. You, little. you at one point, and th- and this was a coaching gaffe to me. You at one point decided that you had a better chance to win the game with them thinking Purdy might try to throw. Then that's that was almost like uh, now if they had pulled it off, it would have been equivalent to the fifty mile per hour wins, not yes. throwing the ball with Mac Jones. Yes, like you get oh well maybe maybe they'll let Mac throw here. With the gust. Well, yeah. maybe they'll let Brock throw here with his arm hanging on by a thread. Right. So, sure. I'm like, my question is at what point, as a coach, do you not look and say, okay, we're going to run some, like an offense that you have to wonder if CMC is going to throw it, CMC is going to take it, or CMC is going to give it to Debo? Yeah. I mean, I, you've, you've had them both throw passes, you've had them both run, you've had them both catch. Why not? Like, they're, they're two make of, it up on the fly. Arguably two of the 99 percentile athletic, you know, specimens yes. in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, like they, and then you also have George Kittle to block and or release. So, and like, that, let's do something is, here. And and Brandon Ayuk, who didn't suck. Yeah. I mean, and it's How just, about Trent Williams with the freak? I, I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Like, you, I get it. You're getting clapped. You don't have a quarterback. You don't got to right. throw a guy to the ground. We get it. You're big. Yeah. Sometimes those big guys just have to let off some frustration. Congratulations. You know, yeah, you know yeah. sometimes you got to be big. Someone's got to be big. Um, yeah, well, lately, at fan- at, not fantasy, at flag, it's been me. I'm the largest guy on the squad, so that sucks. Yeah, my bad. This is, this was but I'm looking thing. around like, uh, why am I the tallest slash widest person here? That's an issue. I, I apologize. My attendance was not fantastic this, uh, this session. No, it was garbage. Yeah, it really wasn't good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, you know, it's you, you look at the whole thing with, with that, like I, I question whether or not, like, just just open up the RPO portion of your playbook, which we know you have. What what were you gonna run with Trey Lance? Exactly. 
Be, okay, so take out the twenty yard bombs. And right. Play action shots. Yeah, just straight. Let's up. run a lot of flood and stick and yeah. Uh, read, read RPO options. Like make make them guess who's going to have the ball and what he's going to do with it. Run a wildcat style offense. Hell, run like a fumble ruski with like Kittle coming off a wing back, uh, you know, around the edge and pull. I mean, check. All all I've heard all year, right? All it's I heard the, who, the who, by, who by the way, Kyle Uzcheck was going was the next in line if CMC was. Yeah, was I, feeling, I do know which that. is great, but like. All I heard was the genius behind this offense and how creative the schemes were and everything. And all of a sudden you decided, I'm not going to use my creativity. I'm going to say, maybe they'll think we're going to let them throw it and just get CMC crushed. What do like, I know about knowing stuff, guys? You know? I try not to know too much. I know very minimal, to be honest. It's I like, know, uh, well, you know, I learned about this back in the day. Uh, defense in depth. You uh, need to know basis on things. You don't want to know too much to... Uh, I influence I, too much. I learned the uh, I learned the Eagles are a pretty damn good football team. The Eagles are a good football. The team. Eagles might be a wagon. Eagles uh, now their defense is old, so you know get on it while you can. I, um, this is the window, man. But hey, right? I, I'm here for it. I got no problem with it. Sirianni, I'm pretty sure he's a Western New York guy because uh, I know Jamestown. His, his brother is. Uh, yeah, is a Western New York guy. Yeah, Jamestown guy, and then. Uh, on the other side, the same old song and dance from the AFC of Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I just don't care. Yeah. Honestly, I got this way about the Patriots, too. Um, but I also don't care about the Chiefs losing as much as I did Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, because... It's not that I wouldn't enjoy seeing him lose. It's just like I'm not like a visceral enjoyment. Like when the Giants beat the Patriots the first time, I like went streaking through the neighborhood and banged pots and pans. Yeah, like that's how excited oh, I was. We, at like we, we dogpiled. eleven years old that Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> we we had we had a group of people in, a, in our college dorm, and one person was rooting for the Patriots, and we dogpiled on. Oh, like yeah. it was great. Yeah, so um, I, I wouldn't have that kind of response no. to this, but like, yeah, I'm definitely cheering Eagles. Like, I'm yeah. gonna. Here's a question for you. This is a fun one. What color Gatorade are they gonna dump on the coach? It's gonna be blue. Blue. I feel blue. like it's always that lime yellow. It's gonna be blue. Blue. You think the Chiefs are rocking blue Gatorade? No, I think the Eagles are, and I think the Eagles are going to win. I love that. <laughs> I set that up for you. I'm glad you took that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I do. I, I, I want the Eagles to take this one. I, it, it'd be exciting to do so. I wish the Bills were playing. In I, it. I also like. I do like Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I've I've been a a bit of a Hurts truther, not like a hardcore you know chest pounder, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty, pretty even sure, in college. Pretty I, sure last year uh, we talked about on the show that there yeah. there were flashes there. There were, but also, he, he was he he was Josh Allen esque. He had holes. He had flaws, and yeah, he had to fix them. But and he's he also like just his his story, his journey, the amount of leadership and maturity he's always showed. I was always a fan of like when he stayed at Alabama after losing losing the job in in air quotes to Tua. Because um, I don't think he ever should have lost that job, and I think he proved that when he went to Oklahoma, and he did win that Heisman, right? I believe so. Yes. Um, he's also just he's due for some hardware. Yeah. Some, and I shouldn't say hardware. He's due for some jewelry. Yeah. Because he's got hardware. He's due for some jewelry. You know, it it's one that he earned because obviously he's got a championship ring. Yeah. But. You know, it's it's one of those ones that you look at it and you say, you know, you look at the team around him, and you got. A.J. Brown, who finally is on a team with a quarterback. And with a coach who's willing to scheme him up. Right. 
Um, I mean, everyone on that team. I mean, Devontae Smith, he's no slouch. No, you and, know? And, and but that's the thing at the same time. And, and like, and this is one of the things to dial this back to, to the Bills. You know, uh, AJ Brown, I would love to have him. We don't. We have Diggs. I'm good with that too. Do I think? But is Gabe greater than slash equal to Devontae Smith? No. I think he could be if he cleans up the drive. I mean, there were there were there were there were games. I and, think and, and he I, and I know could this, be if they and, didn't send him on just streaks and posts. And I know this because I had Devontae Smith in fantasy. There were weeks he just flat out disappeared. Oh yeah, so, no. like, Ben, thing, ben had him too, and like, Ben would bitch at me all the time. He's like, well, he's just so boomer bust. Like, yeah. Okay, well, that's he's, every receiver outside of the top five is are like bust. that. Dude. Yeah. yeah. So I like I look at this and I say like, there's there's not a lot of holy crap star power. Like, no, nobody puts A.J. Brown in the top five conversation. However, I will tell you this. There's not a single team in the NFL with an offensive line like them. Oh, God, no. They are good. <laughs> and that, and that's, that's what makes me look at this and say, if I'm the Bills, I have those pieces. Yeah. Like, I have the, the skill spots in place. Correct. Put the wall in front of it. Why do they have three running backs and a quarterback that can all run effectively on the ground. Is it they're just superior skill players to everybody else in the NFL? Or is it that they get movement up front movement and they use front. their hands instead of leaning and grabbing the, uh, and or opening the gate, Spencer Brown, uh, or just not straight up firing off the ball, Roger Saffold? Uh, or leaning and grabbing, Deion Dawkins. I already said that one, but I, I didn't call him out. Or just being young and average, Rick Bates. Like, I am hopeful for Spencer Brown. I'm hoping this was a. I saw a beautiful tweet, and I'll bring it up because this is this is. I know he's your boy. He's in a very paradoxical situation where he is athletic enough and has a high enough ceiling where he could bounce back next year. But we're also in the spot where if he's starting, we have issues that he's got that chance in a sense. Right. Because, like, we need better players on the offensive line. Yes. Now, I wouldn't be opposed to kicking him inside. I, I've i seen a lot of that conversation. I don't know with his height and length if that would be a problem at, at, a guard, at guard. I've just... There's you, been plenty of guys who are big and have kicked inside. You get help on both sides instead of just one. You don't, you don't get stuck out on islands against supreme... Athletes like I just I, I look know, at him and I Von like, Miller and stuff. I, I look at a guy and I've I've used our Twitter account to tweet this a few times. I you know I've I've talked about it where it's you know here's a kid who was drafted in the third now, round. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. <laughs> Let's circle him in the Madden board. Here's a guy. His jersey's right there. So here's a guy. Uh, you know that he was drafted in the third round and they said a lot like a high ceiling, very raw, two to three years from being from from being a starter. Yeah. Thrown into a starting job year one by no fault of his own. Right. Had a really good year. I don't know about a really good year. He had a nice year for a rookie. Had a really good year for what he was. For a third-round draft pick, not he expected He had a to nice year for a rookie. Sure. Had back surgery before the season. Missed most of uh, most of the offseason and preseason. And then had a rough a rough, a rough year two. Rough year of the camp. You know, rough yeah. campaign this year. Yeah. He comes back. That back is healthy. He's got two years of experience. He knows he didn't have a great year. He seems like the type, like he he seems like that type that we have on this team, like the Josh Allen type that's not going to be okay with, I'm a starter. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on and that. that. And that's I'm, I'm not saying like, no, we need to give him a shot. I'm hopeful that he becomes a and dude. That's that's basically what this tweet was saying is like he's the guy who could take that step if he gets the time to to play next season. Right. But at the same time, you really shouldn't if you want to be the Super Bowl favorite and or you know have the best chance of winning a Super Bowl. You don't want to be going into the season being like, man, if Spencer Brown really takes that step and reaches his high potential, we're gonna be great. Right. You want a guy who's going to have, you know, a a baseline of we're humming along. See, like, <clears throat> if we upgrade along the rest of the offensive line and he's that's the spot because of, A, the youth, and B, the potential, we say, we brought someone in to compete with you. We brought someone in, like, that's going to try to take that job. But it's yours to lose. Yeah. But we upgraded elsewhere. I love, I'm good. I love Spencer Brown. I think you know that. And yeah. I, I really like the way he run blocks because he's one of the only guys on our team who actually does friggin' run block. Um, but, man, I, I can't tell you I don't miss Daryl Williams at right tackle. <laughs> like, I just can't. I can't tell. I can't sit here and tell you that because, like, I, he locked down that side and he I did. just never had to think about it. He did. I was sitting here bitching about Deion Dawkins while he was going against, like, T.J. Watt, being like, why is Dawkins not just beating up T.J. Watt? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, Daryl's holding it down on the other side. So, right. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm, it's exciting to see, and, and actually talking about it, I feel a little bit better. I still don't feel good, but I feel better. Just comparing a team that, like, was so good in the NFC this year and is in the Super Bowl and did so by beating I mean regardless of the fact that they couldn't score points they hung 31 on the best defense in football yeah what who cares like i my team can do that uh, at i need, this I, point, I just need i need to bulk my offensive line that is that's it's the, you can only come out of the playoffs every year saying that the game is won in the trenches so often and spend all of your capital and money and cap space and draft picks on defensive line for so long until it's like hey the trenches is both sides. Right. So get some friggin' hogs so yep. that we can run the ball with whoever we want. Right. That's why the Eagles do whatever they want. If they need a first down on three straight run plays, they got five guys, not the uh, skill players, who are going to determine whether or not they get that. And more often than not, it's easy. Ra- ra- wrap up question here. Yeah. In your opinion, who is a better runner, Hertz or Allen? Allen. Stop that. Okay. Do you think there would ever do you think Hertz is the type of quarterback that should ever be able to take a, a straight draw yes. up the middle for twenty five yards with no one anywhere near him? Yes. Really? You you think that they that there's so much disrespect on his athletic ability as a runner that they would not that like Oh, you're no, saying that they all drop out and that like no nobody's watched I mean three three times what, this year. No, no, yeah. I would definitely like keep somebody to watch him. They they right. use so, him as a runner. So he's a very good athlete. He's my 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 my, my point is yeah. they the, those two are in a category that can do that with their feet. Yeah. Allen with a little bit more hard press running your think, ass over. I, well, I was just going to say, I think in terms of like if you look at quarterbacks who are good runners, I think it goes Lamar, Josh, Hurts. Right. Like so that order, so no question, easily top three. Yeah, very, very easily. Yeah. Even even if you say there's other people near it, and those on, are your top three. Right? Yeah. No, that's Kyler Murray can why, suck it. Why? Why is it that on three separate occasions this year, Hertz was able to drop literally drop back one step and just walk to the end zone straight down the middle of the field? Um, bad coaching. But also, when your offensive line can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And helps. then you and, and then that makes you worry about the weapons. 
Right. Your quarterback is can be unaccounted for at times. Right. Which is all I was getting to. Yeah, fair enough. No, uh, I'm with you on that. And they're they're gonna they're gonna eat in the trenches. Yeah, the Eagles are. Yeah. Uh, you know the Chiefs. The Chiefs have definitely spent more capital on their O line than we have. Less capital on their D line besides Chris Jones. Yep. Um, but if I don't see Chris Jones himself making a difference in this game because of the offensive line, and I certainly don't see this Chiefs offensive line holding up against. Whatever it is that they got on that side, because it's like six or seven guys, and you never really know who's on the field and who's they. I I was watching; it looks like a freaking Madden front because they got five guys, two guys are standing up, three guys are in a stand. So I know that at least those three are going to be in a gap somewhere. But who's coming off the edge? Who's dropping? Sometimes they bring both. Sometimes they bring the inside backer too. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I I watched this, and this this looked like the defense, like the the fabled. Patriots defenses. When yeah. They, when every single dude was an all pro player. Where they were a three four, but it was like, no, you just have you eight inst- guys in a box who can play football. And also of those guys, Pro- everybody probably, in your secondary is nasty. Probably the closest we've come to a true positionless football conversation was That's, that team. And because what, what would they do? Like you just said it. Eight dudes in the box, no one in a stance. Yeah. Guess who's coming? And the amount of times that they just had the only guy hitters. The only reason that Vince Bilfork wasn't in his stands is because he was so tired. He, <laughs> he didn't put breathe. his hand on the ground, but he then he would breathe. just go make a freaking play anyway. Yeah. And, like, it was just one of those, like, you you as an offensive lineman with nobody lined up in a gap, nobody lined up with a hand on the ground, had to guess who was coming. And the amount of times teams, even the best teams at the end of the season, guessed wrong. Yeah. Multiple times a game. Yeah. And that's what the Eagles remind me of. Right? The Eagles defense. Like and if front. Mahomes' ankle is not great, they're going to get after him. Oh, yeah. And you're going to find out exactly. I, he he is far more hurt than I think he's wildly ever more letting. hurt when he threw that ball in the third quarter uh, off his back foot where he really had to twist on it. Yeah, and he immediately was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, and then like started. I was like, "Oh no, that was that was a I should not have done that moment." Yeah, and uh, I've been there. I I've done that. Every, I've done that th- same thing where I you know off that back foot that's been a bit tender and it's like. Yeah. The, the, or when I what, went to what, my trainer after I tore my, my meniscus and I went, well, I did this and I did the same thing again. I was like, yeah, that hurt. She's like, probably don't do that. Yeah. Or, you know, the time I threw a ball and felt it in my elbow and went, that hurt. Yeah. I'll give it one more shot. No, no, oh, that hurt more. I probably shouldn't have done yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's uh, not ideal. No, that's athlete 101. But uh, anything else with the order here? Yeah, just go Bills, man. Go yeah. Sabres. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Let's go Buffalo. Sabres on a warpath. Sabres on a warpath. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hat Stats and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on all the cool places that uh, you're hearing me, so you know where to find me on as far as the voice stuff goes. Follow us on social media, Hat Stats and Stats Podcast on Facebook, at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and as always, let's go Buffalo, go Bills, go Sabres, and Bandits? Banditos.